0: Welcome everybody to episode, whatever number it is. I'm not going to tell you. You can guess. Uh, just because I said it out loud, that's where my brain went. But uh, we are two wizards in a mic, where a couple of old people uh, decide to talk about D and D every single week, and we give you all kinds of wisdom and advice and things, and then you tell us how wrong we are, and we smile back because we're mature old wizards. I am Shane,
1: and I am Andrew. And uh,
0: this week uh, we're going to talk about memorable locations in D and D. However, is there any update on the Kickstarter? Anything on that front? Uh,
1: there is. So the backer kits are out, which means the survey to collect information on all the backers and a chance for people to add more rewards. All of our books, all of the monster series books, some of our other dungeon master books and uh notebooks with our covers on them the art from travis stickers of all the creatures well a few of the creatures um and a few t-shirts as well things that you could add um our world of mirror books a really good deal on all of those a really good deal actually on all five npc collections that go with these monster books um Yeah. yeah so a lot of choices about Half of the people have filled those out already. And um, the manuscript itself is finished with layout. Uh, Gordon's done the first two chapters. And Travis did the first chapter as part of the Kickstarter. He already illustrated that. So now I gave him the descriptions for the second chapter. So that's progressing. Uh, a cool part is I asked a few, a couple of questions in the Kickstarter this time for the first time. The first question I said is, what would you like to see next from us? Our World of Mir book, which will have all nine continents, and we'll update some of the books we already put out. Or do you want to see an adventure right away? Because we're definitely going to be writing adventures. So after about 400 people have voted on Kickstarter, plus the other social media platforms, yes. guess what the vote is after 400, about 400 people have voted. I- would think
0: adventures,
1: but well, that's what Travis the artist thought too, really? however, what the vote is right now is two hundred and fifteen for Mir two hundred for the adventures oh wow <laughs> it was okay exactly so fifty fifty
0: well i I gotta say that I'm happy that people actually want to see an updated book for Mir because. The book that you have already talks about a lot of stuff that hasn't actually or hadn't at the time had not been written, as far as I'm aware. So, you know, fleshing out that world is actually
1: not a terrible plan. Well, and the, you know, the great part is, you know, we've made, we're going to have like over 600 monsters now after the new book. And now we kind of make a world for you to play with those. And it's going to be made so that you can use the lore and the stories that we've created there, the history. But it's very easy for a DM to go in and put their own stamp on it and to use different areas for what they want to do, which is how Mm -hmm. Gygax made World of Greyhawk, which is one of the reasons I like it so much. So yeah, it was very interesting. That's almost exactly 50-50, but the adventure book is, or the um, world book is a bit ahead of the adventures. Um, The other question we asked is what level, once we start making adventures, what level would you like? You know, if you divide it up in terms of the four different um, areas like they do with fifth edition. So which which do you think? So it's levels one to five and then six to 10, 11 to 15 and then 16 to 20. Which do you think that most people would have voted for? Well, I would vote myself
0: probably for like 16 to 20, but that's Mm -hmm. because a lot of adventures I mean, if you could play an adventure, and generally by the time you get to twenty, you kind of go, "Okay, it's time for something new." Uh, right. Maybe switch out the you know switch out the, the, the game master, uh, switch out the locations, but you know all kinds of stuff sort of happens. That's kind of a natural cutting point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are rules and sort of all kinds of resources out there. But what happens after twenty? So, yeah. which should be an episode of this show. Come to think of it, it should be. But yeah. uh, but that's what I guess sixteen to
1: twenty. Um, Okay, so 60%, uh, at this point, approximately 60% voted for levels 6 to 10. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Huge percentage. And at the beginning of the vote, it was 80 or 90%. And then the other level, the second place sort of caught up a bit. Second place is levels 1 to 5 with about 30% of the vote. So 90% had voted for levels 1 to 10. That's, I mean, on, on one hand, about 5% voted for 11 to 15 and about 5% voted for 16 to 20.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I could understand that because a lot of players, if they're experienced, don't really want to go back to one through five. They would prefer to really get into the meat because it's, it's isn't it uh, level six and seven where a lot of the you know, the special features of, of certain classes and certain species kind of explode a little, well, not explode, but you get some boons and things, not boons, but essentially you get these traits that become, uh, I don't know, it pushes you in the direction of a little more creative play because you're not so afraid of dying outright by like, I'm going to go and get this thing. Oh, you're now dead. Okay. You failed both of your roles. Get a new character out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that starts to happen a little bit at third, and then fifth level is when you get quite a bit of that. Um, but it is interesting. There's still a third of the people want first-level adventures. Uh, the majority by far want that, like you say, that crunchy six to ten. And it is interesting because this backs up the, the data that uh, Wizards said that most people don't play past 12th level in the, right, these days. Um, right, that doesn't include every group because our group definitely plays past 12th level. In fact, I have about four main campaigns running right now with two groups, and only one of them is below 10th level.
0: Yeah, I think the campaign we played were now 18th, if I remember yeah. correctly. So, yeah. yeah, the Greyhawk campaign you're in is 18th level. Yeah, yeah. so i mean i i totally get that people want to get into the as you as you call it which is the best thing i've ever heard described the crunchy, you know <laughs> six to t- to eleven levels um well i, I mean that's amazing that actually that people are all wanting that so I, hey i'm for it but,
1: well the you know, thing is actually all of those things are line up with what my my uh creatively what i wanted to do i mean I was just as interested in the world book as I was at adventures and it's 50, 50, but if I had to choose, I would probably say the world book. And that's what the vote says so far. And then, uh, adventure wise, I thought that most people would be interested in a six to 10 first. And my guess would be first to fifth level second. So it's interesting that that's lined up. I think I would like eventually to do those high level adventures, but yeah. it'll be later on. Um, I think think those are harder to do as well. They are, yeah. I think the first one we would do, which is most likely beginning of next year, would be six to ten. And then we would do at least two more next year. And those both I would do first to fifth level, I think. Um, Yeah, I I know what all those stories are actually at this point. Um, I know what those adventures are going to be. So, yeah, I know next year what I'm going to do. So... Probably the year after that would be would include another high-level one as well. Well, that's good
0: because uh, I'm excited. I, I'm actually kind of wondering what the next adventure is going to be um, myself. But don't tell me yet. Shh. All right. All right. So let's talk about some of these memorable, bleh, bleh, memorable locations. Um, you wrote out a list, and I've gone through sort of all the... Actually, I went through a lot of Dragonlance modules over the past little while. <laughs> Uh, because i wanted to see because i've played through them but it was like god i want to say it was only five years ago no it was probably like yeah. 30, 30 yeah. years ago and um but uh the old the, i mean the the main adventure location in all those books was uh one of my favorites but let's talk about yours uh
1: which uh, starts classic adventures is this correct yeah, well, the first thing I would say is a spoiler alert because we will mention some things that <clears throat> maybe give away a little bit of some of these adventures. We'll say what the adventure is first, just so you can, you know, stop there, and then and then you can go la 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 for yeah. about you know a minute or two. But we won't get we won't get into really great detail. We're just talking in general terms, um, and this is to give some inspiration um, in terms of these adventures. I You know, some people think that a memorable adventure always has to be an epic location and just incredibly stunning. That that can be, but it also can be really simple. It depends on the story. And yeah. with your group, it also depends on the dice in the moment. So something sure. that's really basic could actually turn out to be quite memorable. Although, like Shane said, I mean, for me, a lot of these ones especially the original ones. It's 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago. So it's hard for me to remember everything. I had to, some of them I will never forget. And some of them I had to sort of, you know, jog my memory a bit. Um, The first one, actually, it's not on the list. I just thought about it. I thought about a few more this afternoon. Would be the first module I ever played in, which was um, B2, Keep on the Borderland, or Borderlands. Uh, the thing I remember about that, the first module I was in, I hadn't played d d before was the keep part because I never really thought of a keep as ha- being a settlement in itself because the keep in that module, that adventure has uh, a blacksmith in it. It has a tavern in it. It has, um, like a little chapel with a priest, um, I never really thought about that, that, that a large castle or keep or fortress would be so big that it would have to include some of these elements where it was really like a little village or a little town in itself. And I thought that was cool. That was, That's something I never forgot. And it gave me a taste for what a medieval kind of adventure would be like. So I always remember that. Um Another early one was the village of Hamlet. That one I remember again, because it's like a typical sort of medieval village. But the difference with d and d is it has this fantasy element. So there is sort of these dark elements hiding in the background. You know, like there was somebody in the village who who, you know there are some evil characters. Um, there's a wizard's tower. there's a church. um there's an inn there's um the moat house nearby which has, is ruined and in the moat house not not only are there monsters but there's also guards so all of those things kind of started to give me a feel for what DD would be like and it's it it's also that blend of where DD came from it came from wargaming right from these guys yeah. lining up all these soldiers in these big battles and then they added in the monster element and they added in the the way that you play a character so those two are really really um you know ingrained in me as as well the, the a to one to four adventure the against the slave lords um especially the first one where you go to these ruins and you go into the sewers and the underground area under this ruin and there's traps and it's unpredictable um, there's insect people, um, and there's evil humanoids. So for me, those were, I think, the first three kind of series that I got, vol- got involved in. And after that, that was when I decided I want to be a DM. I want to run these games. This is this is awesome. But as a player, those for me are like all things I won't forget.
0: I totally agree. The, the, actually... I gotta tell you, when we went, I don't, I f- I think this was uh, not last year, but the year before, we did an adventure where you were using parts of uh, Elemental Evil, and um, I've forgotten the other adventure. But anyway, uh, you actually just said, "Okay, well, where do you guys where are you guys going to go? You have mm-hmm. to go to this moat house in this village." And as soon as you said the name of the village, my young kid brain was like oh my god this is so cool because <laughs> there was all kinds of sort of memories that sort of came to the surface that you know i don't think would have ever bubbled up any other way and, yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah it kind sort of speaks of the to the quality too, of those locations a
1: character in Hamlet called rufus which isn't the first name that would come to come to mind for me for an, a medieval sort of setting but again it showed like what D is about is that there's a bit more spice to it and it's a little bit more, there's more going on there and you can add in your own personality and, you know, yeah, I just thought it was so, it was so much fun. Like that was the best part. Like we talk about here with this podcast, it was so much fun. And if I had to think about one word, especially the slaver series, that was so much fun going into these dungeons and these little tunnels and um, yeah. And i'm still I'm still playing it
0: <laughs> well, exactly because you've brought in those elements and every so often you talk about something that's going on, and my memory goes, wait a minute, that sounds really familiar mm-hmm. And you know then later on, you know we find out, oh yeah, no, I was I was borrowing from this, I was borrowing from that I just gotta merge them together and made this cool idea and because uh, I think we did like a uh, uh well, actually, let's keep going with the classic series because I, I was gonna bring sure. up some of the newer ones, but
1: yeah. Sure, yeah. So the next one I remember, I think this was I think this was early on when I was DMing was the G to one to three series, the Giants Against the Giants series. Which so was the first out,
0: adventure I ever played. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So that was pretty early for me too. Like um, but I think I was already DMing by then. So the the Hill Giants, first you face them, and it's this kind of this big lodge above ground but just the idea we've we've mentioned before of like sneaking through this area where you're much smaller than the furniture and the creatures around you you know it it makes me think immediately of jack and the beanstalk that story yeah. and of yeah. uh, fairy tales and then the the ice the frost giant lair in these cold caverns i thought that was really cool just the whole idea of doing a dungeon crawl in a cavern that was one of the earlier ones that i remember And then the fire giants was this really intense fight there. They were the most powerful and it's more of a dungeon crawl. And then spoiler alert, the hidden temple that's underneath or inside um, the giants fire giants complex. That was like a big reveal at that time, um, which was pretty wild.
0: I'll never forget hiding in the closet because (laughs) you had at the very beginning and, uh, i always remember that the the closet i remember some of the like the kitchen and some of those areas where you know you're not necessarily the right scale for the, right you know the building and stuff and that kind of stuff i just love that
1: yeah that that i think that whole series is fantastic so many things to remember like i said that especially that temple for me at the end um and then there's a secret which i won't reveal further uh, however the next series uh, is the d1 to 4 which is really my favorite The first part of it um, probably is the most memorable in terms of again caverns going into the underground and what the what the underworld would be like the underdark fungi growth um, and not only were there evil humanoids down there but you're talking about there's even a lich you just like there's one small like you know one small um, text block and just only about that big and. By the way, there's a lich like on this shelf just resting here. Um, so, yeah, I like that one and the whole world of the under Underworld. And then I remember outside the Drow City, there's this big outpost called the Black Tower, uh, manned by a whole bunch of Drow. And I thought that was really cool because that made sense, right? If they had a big capital city, they would probably have these outposts, these areas guarding the city before you got there, yeah. and a place for the drow to venture out into the rest of the underworld. And there's warehouses nearby. And then it gets into the whole idea of these different clans, these different houses, these noble families, and families of how, and the drow, and that there's actually rivalry between them. Um, I love it. Um, which again goes against this idea that the drow are neutral evil. There's no way they're neutral evil, they're definitely chaotic evil. Uh, because they have infighting amongst themselves on a regular basis. And uh, yeah, and the city's chaotic. There's mind flayers wandering around, giant spiders walking down the street, uh, demons just strolling along. Uh, So the whole whole drow world I just loved, and it's still my favorite uh, adventure. And that's really the inspiration for our Underworld book, our Monsters of the Underworld.
0: Well, there's also, uh, for me, just speaking of the Underdark, uh, the Queen of Demon Web Pits, which was like Q1 through whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Although the numbering was a bit different at that point. I think but, it's, uh, it's Q1. Yeah, Q. And the big uh, uh, well, I, I always thought of it as large when I was a kid playing the game. But there was the um, basically the dungeon looked like a spider. Like it was laid out in that kind of yeah. sort of thing. And and uh, that was iconic, and it's—I mean—the the fact that I've forgotten it to me just kind of speaks like um, one of the the, the the one you have on your list next. That to me is ingrained in my brain, and there's like four you know sort of areas that really you know that. I'm so excited! Would you like to talk about the next one? Right.
1: Yeah. So White Plume Mountain, another classic adventure. For me, probably the one with the different, we mentioned this in a previous show, the one with the different layers, levels, where there's water and there's different creatures on different, on different level. It's like one giant chamber. That's the one that stands out the most for that one, for White Plume Mountain. Oh, maybe, and maybe that's the one with the Sphinx too. Yeah. The Sphinx too.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say the Sphinx, uh, with its, uh, place where it lives. Um, Yeah. Like there's, there's so many things there. Like there was also the, um, white plume had, uh, had one of the, uh, Oh, those magic yeah. items. Of
1: course.
0: Well, of course you have to yeah. have those. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. iconic. I just, I, 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 I want to talk more about it, but keep going
1: <laughs> in your list. All right. Yeah. And then the next one, another classic, the tomb of horrors, which we've mentioned, of course you kind of, it's hard to ever forget that big demonic face. Which yeah. you know, it's a great example for a first edition where, you know, if you wander through that, there's no saving throw, there's no nothing. You just if you go through that face, your player is just annihilated. Why yeah. would you go? Why would you do that? Well, there you go. <laughs> um, Here you are welcome to death. Yeah, and a, a really memorable bo- thing about that module is that they it's one of the first ones, one of the only ones that has images for the dungeon master to show the players including that demonic face. So I really liked that aspect of it. And I liked, um, I'm pretty sure there's the, is that, the, does it have the trap with the chained platforms or is that white plume mountain? That That's white plume mountain. Yeah. Um,
0: Cause there's also those weird levitating white plume mountain, uh, tunnels of water. Right. And right. swim through. Right. But the, um, but the the trap the the trap that I'm thinking of and always remember in in Tomb of Horrors was that one that just kind of drops and then the players have to stop from sliding into a pit of spikes or whatever was at the other end. Right, right. But essentially, it's like the suddenly whole the whole floor tips. just goes
1: thunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a things really like
0: good that. I mean that that I mean from what I understand in reading the historical sort of stuff is is that that particular one that was a tournament one so yeah. the traps were very ingenious um and were were basically meant to kill off players that's what they were trying to do
1: yeah it was so. made to made to challenge a high level party as much as possible and very likely kill them so the feeling of that is like that you know funhouse kind of feeling which is in white plume mountain to a certain degree too mm-hmm. and um it was fun. It was. It reminded a lot of players back then of Dragon's Lair, the video game.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: and at the, at the beginning especially, Dragon's Lair was so hard. Uh, when you go to try to play it in the arcade, it was similar to Tomb of Horrors. I, I don't know which came first. Probably Tomb of Horrors, actually. I think that was right. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was in there. the yeah. 70s. I think it was one of the... A few of these were written in the mid or late 70s. Like you and then say, we published or,
0: later on, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, another another classic, the big, really big module at the time, which came out later, kind of in the mid eighties, is Temple of Elemental Evil, that version of it anyway. So there's, it's yeah, there's kind of an endless amount of things to talk about. Um, there are some really cool ways that you can move around the temple. There's this. I always remember this elf paladin who's being kept in sort of suspended animation and kept prisoner and so and he has a really powerful sword and so you the players have a chance to rescue him rescue him if they do that it's a really big bonus having a really powerful paladin in the party can't hurt and he lasted for a long time when you went through elemental evil a couple years ago that That NPC lasted for quite a while. That was Prince Thrommel. Yeah. He didn't... Did he actually... Did he just leave at one point? Or did he actually die? No. Did he die? He died, yeah. He got killed by... um, A powerful creature in the Sassojakanth adventure. Lost Uh, Caverns of Um, Yeah, but Elemental Evil, I definitely remember yeah many many layers it's a mega dungeon I remember the prince who was sleeping um that one I also remember very clearly about all the wandering monsters and patrols because these cults are running the temple so yeah it was a very very challenging place for the players to be because all these creatures would show up all the time and interrupt them I kind of like that that? about
0: a lot of these ones is that there's definitely that particular adventure is hard, but with those elements to them, it doesn't make it any harder. It makes it challenging. Do you see kind of like there's a difficulty, but it's a challenge rather than being just, ah, this is too hard. It just becomes, you know,
1: what am I trying to say? Like,
0: yeah, it's you not jazz. You get as excited. Deadly,
1: to... It's not as deadly as Tomb of Horrors straight out, but yeah, it is still a really big challenge because there's just there's so many enemies. Um, I think it's much easier to play it with fifth edition characters because you have more resources, more healing. But first edition, yeah, it was a major challenge. Um, I'm sure, yeah, it wasn't as hard as Tomb of Horrors, but it was pretty tough.
0: And you have some gorgeous copies of it as well. Like some, those, you were showing those books off of the what, a couple weekends ago and they're, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. The one, the version that came out in the mid eighties was the biggest module that had ever come out. Beautiful art. And um, you can get a really good print from drive-thru RPG still of that module. Another one I won't forget. I think I played this. I think actually I was a player in this too, was the U1. So this series, U1 to 3, was actually done by the UK arm of the TSR group. It was the first, I think it was the first adventures they ever did. They also did the Fiend Folio. It was like their UK branch that it was yeah. kind of a much later later on in TSR's history in, ter- in terms of coming from the 70s in the US. So I always loved Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh um salt marsh itself is a great little fishing village some interesting characters i don't really like the what fifth edition did it to it I, it doesn't make any sense you know they they're trying to be politically correct by having all the female characters do you know different jobs like of course the blacksmith's a female character and they throw in a a tief- a female tiefling for no reason which doesn't make any sense but the, the original one was cool um i think that's a really great setting to have this little seaport. And then the best part about it for me was the, this haunted house just outside of uh, the town. Um, And it was, it was basically a dungeon crawl in a house and it, it hides a secret. And there are things like the floorboards give out. Um, You find a person who's tied up in there and you have to find out who this person is. Um yeah, I think it was a really good combination of a dungeon crawl, um classic fantasy and then there's a mystery involved as well. Yeah, the house the house is
0: is probably the location that I like the most. I think I died there more recently. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> what right. my what you you do my character's died in the
1: garden. That's right. <laughs> you got killed by a rose bush. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you died outside the house before they went inside yeah yeah but then there yeah there's a ship sport again spoiler alert the ship is pretty cool and then later the swamp which you had another character diet oh no was that no that was when you died
0: did i die it in the swamp, swamp. Ah, okay. the crocodile
1: i've t- i've i've totally
0: forgotten now i mean it's been a while i don't
1: think you you couldn't have lost two characters before third level no, I, no, think I just, I just
0: lost the one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was the swamp. So it was, it wasn't long after the house, like in terms of game time might've been the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, also the, the probably another location in that particular adventure for me is the one down the, down the coast, which you basically just you have to go to at some point right. uh, where you first run into, uh, you know, basically, a lot of aquatic kind of creatures and things right. like that, which gives that flavor to the salt marsh adventures. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think the
1: whole series, you're right, is really good. Three very different adventures, you know, in the series. My favorite still is the first one with that house. Um, yeah. So, those are some examples of some things we remember and we barely remember from the original adventures. And then some, advent- some memorable ones from our world of Mir. So we've been doing that for almost, I think it's eight years. So it's about nine years I've had World of Mirror with three different groups. And most of the things I remember are with the West of the Wood group, some before Shane joined and then some after. Before you, I remember, one I really remember well is when the players get captured, they get betrayed, and they get their they get uh, their drinks get drugged, and they are kidnapped. And the next thing they know, they wake up and they're in jail cells, in a dungeon. They fight their way out. They don't they don't have anything other than you know. Luckily, I think they have yeah they had a sorcerer. They had a sorcerer, so he doesn't actually need a spell book. So he can still do magic, and they fought their way out. I usually do, if, they, if, it, if I do decide the players might get captured or they get captured, I usually have this thing where most of their items are in a chest nearby. So if they find a way to break out, they can you know get their stuff back um, because otherwise they're going to get wiped out too, <laughs> quickly. And that's what they do in Skyrim too. If you break out of the jail... Your stuff's in a chest nearby. Have no. you ever done that in Skyrim? Escape from jail, get all your stuff back and taken off? Yeah, I yeah. have, yeah. So and then, I try to set that up, and that's what these guys did. Um, then they found out not only were they in a dungeon in a jail, they were underneath a manor, and the manor was an island, and the island was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love that shot, just like, you know, da, 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 da.
0: Well, it, it, it also forces the, uh, the players to really think about how to get out of it. Like, where are we and how do we leave and what do we need to do to get out of here?
1: Or do we yeah. just you know,
0: take over? Uh, well, and it's also
1: like, <laughs> oh, oh, great. We finally got out of the cell. And then it's like, oh, OK, yeah. great. We finally defeated the jail guards who happen to be pirates. And then it's like, oh, finally, we got upstairs. Oh, there's more pirates in the manor. OK, we finally defeated them. So now we get outside. Oh, we're on an island in the middle of nowhere. Okay, how are we gonna get back? And there was no ship. The original time I ran it, there was no ship there, I think. So at the beginning, they're like, what are we gonna do? Like are we gonna swim? like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh so gosh. I remember that for sure. Uh, another part of that adventure would be the catacombs under the city of wild. So that, you know, I tried to make that a little bit like the Slave Lord series where there's evil humanoids down there, there's monsters, there's oozes, there's rats, and make it really unpredictable. And um, I think we had a lot of fun with that. And that's real classic dungeon crawling. Nice. They ended up hating that Evil group of uh, this little gang that they dealt with for for months and months and months, which was pretty much my goal. Um, then another another one I don't I won't forget is a there's a huge abandoned fortress in the world of Mir in the mountains, and it's been overrun by goblins. So it's sort of like if you imagine the goblin caves in the Hobbit movie, in the first one was that the first movie yeah in the first movie that's sort of what it's like inside this fortress but it, but the remnants of the fortress are still there uh quite a bit of it has been abandoned so monsters have moved in i had a i had a zombie beholder in there which was fun so that was fun too because the players at first were like oh my god there's a beholder when they found out it was a zombie beholder they were like oh it's not going to be too bad. And then when they fought it, they were like, oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember, too, unfortunately, that was the first time I ever had a, ran a group where a player left another player's character basically to die. And there were some hard feelings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were in a fight. Uh, their two characters were badly hurt. They were fighting a go- lot of goblins and he just took off through the nearest door to catch up with the rest of the party and left a dying party member alone.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that was before my time playing in Mir.
1: Well, what I had to decide really quickly, I don't usually do something like this, but I thought it would be really unfair for that player's character to die in this way. I mean, if it happened twice, maybe I wouldn't do anything. Even though I wondered if that player was going to be in the group for that much longer at that point, which actually ended up happening. They, they, didn't, they didn't stick around for that much longer. But what I did in that case, I had in the story, I had this group of dwarves who were nearby in this fortress and they were lost and they were trying to get out as well. So I decided to introduce them at that moment and have them rush into this room and find the fallen party member and drag him out and then meet up with the rest of the party. Because I thought it was so unfair that he'd had no, I mean, at least you can try to help the fallen person like, you know, you could try to drag them out of the room or at least get them, you know, behind a door
0: anything but yeah. just be like peace out i'm gone see you later
1: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah oh man <laughs> um another one i remember well is the town of Blodden in the world of Mir, which is a very gothic city and sort of have a has a ravenloft vibe about it undead and it's this combination of a city where Things look really good. The aristocrats are dressed very nicely. There's beautiful, a beautiful castle, beautiful homes, but there's this like seedy underbelly and darkness around every corner. Um, I like that one quite a bit. Um, Another one which you mentioned, which was when you arrived with the group, which was the Southern Territories. And I decided we were going to have a survival campaign. So in other words, it was going to be very hard for the party to find very much gold. Right. It was going to be very hard for the party to find very many magic items. Um, It was a a very barren area. There wasn't much farmland. There weren't many people living there. And you guys started out as smugglers, just trying to eke out a living. And you had a sea cave as your headquarters and you were part of a crew. Uh, and that one I, I really liked. Um, I love the idea again of that cliff um, which is similar to the you the sinister secret of Salt marsh adventure, where there's a cliff and you can involve ships coming into a beach and then it can be near a settlement. Um, yeah, I always like that sort of setting. Yeah. The combination of having like sea adventures and caves and then, you know, a little seaside port. There are so many different characters and creatures that you can get involved.
0: True. True. I mean, those creatures that, that, I mean, I keep picking out salt marsh about being how awesome it is, but yeah, I mean, that just made me think about it. So um, I mean, the fact that you still that you and I still remember these adventures from so long ago, I mean, it's hard to really pin on like one location that's that's mm-hmm. iconic in those. I mean, well, the exception of the house. OK, that, that I admit. But, you know, once you've moved on from locations, because sometimes in a session you might visit three different locations. Yeah, um, usually not many more than that. Um before you really get into the meat of, of, uh, of what the adventure is, is uh, trying to, you know, what the, the goal overall is. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, cathedral in Knox, I mean, that to me in, is the, the Knox was a place where when I first started playing with, with the group, uh, we were down in the south for the longest time. Then we switched to a new adventure and mm-hmm. we were in the north and mm-hmm. then we were basically running around knox for quite mm-hmm. some time it was basically yes. a city adventure yeah so and then of course what happened to the, that was the adventure that that thing happened to the cathedral at that time where everyone kind of was shocked at what had occurred
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah knox is a big city in the city of what or the on the continent of Mir, and it is quite chaotic. This wizard council runs it, but they don't really care day to day what's going on. So it's it's a real disaster, chaotic and uh, very crowded. And so it just so happened that the party were going to a wedding. They were invited to a wedding of their friend um, in this big castle that had a cathedral. And that was where the wedding was going to be. And Oh no! Actually, no. I'm remembering incorrectly. It wasn't the their friend had already got married recently. It was actually a wedding between two evil characters. One who they'd been hunting for years. She caused them. She was the one actually who drugged their drinks, and they're that's why they ended up captured by the pirates. So they were <laughs> they were actually they were really trying to hope to have a chance to take care of her once and for all. And she was getting married to an anti-paladin lord. Somehow they got and they got into this wedding. About half of the wedding were their friends and allies, and half of the wedding were more evil characters. And it was quiet and peaceful for a while. <laughs> and then all you know what broke out between the two yep. groups, the evil and good factions. And Things were bad and chaotic, and it was this wild fight, really high-level characters. And then the – I think you're 20th level even at this point. We might have had two sets of characters there that night too. I can't – I think yeah, anyway, so. You, you were about uh, 20th level was... or close to 20th level, and your yeah. sorcerer decides to cast Meteor Swarm in the cathedral and he brings down the cathedral he wipes out like half of the enemy but also when the cathedral came down it ended up killing one of your friend's wives yep. um, which caused the, a big huge issue <laughs> yeah your closest npc for years who'd been with the party his wife was killed in this And the cathedral was destroyed. The person that you'd hope to eliminate somehow escaped one more time. Um, I think her husband, her groom, I think the groom might have died. But that was spectacular. Um, I mean, you can just imagine a cathedral with a meteor swarm spell. (laughs) (laughs) There's glass raining down, stone raining down. Yeah, that was epic. Um, the last one I remember really well, it didn't it wasn't from very long ago. Another town on a cliff, you can tell I like these. Um, and I remember it partly because it was one of the times I'd used the most terrain for the setup. Right. And there was just so much going on. There was a ship behind the cliff with this big manor on the on the cliff. there were there was a tavern stables some manors down in the town and the party had arrived because one of the characters families lived there and actually ran the town but she'd found out they were completely evil and was going to confront them and yeah it was almost as epic as the meteor swarm spell because there was you know creatures conjured in a slad showed up um bodyguards were fighting vampires appeared. It was, it was amazing. You have a thing for slads. I do. (laughs) I do. Actually, they are a terrifying and quiet creature. (laughs) Well, they're amazing. They're, they're an awesome creature. They're incredibly deadly. They, yeah, they pack a surprise. Um, I love also that when I'm writing about slads, that, autocorrect immediately changes it every time to salad.
0: (laughs) You'll be fighting a salad today.
1: It's not quite as dangerous.
0: Well, you know, there are some terrifying salads out there.
1: There are, but a salad with a great sword is not nearly as dangerous.
0: Yeah. I hear new creature. (laughs) A salad with a sword. (laughs) I seem to recall after opening up a book recently of a series that I like uh, that there was a I think it was from the city, uh, the uh, the the flying feast or whatever it was called, but the feast. Oh of yeah, things. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is terrifying yeah. in its own
0: right. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It reminds me of a podcast I was on a couple of years ago where we were talking about monsters, and they said they had some suggestions. And the first one they threw out was a dunk skunk. Dunk skunk. They're sure they, they, yeah, they were like, I'm sure this makes sense to you. Maybe you could have that in your book. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, there's always future books to put things like that into. Completely yeah, ridiculous creatures think... from all over the planes of existence.
1: <laughs> Well, the one thing if when we do do adventures is we're not going to stop making monsters. So our plan is that adventures will be 30 pages of the story, 10 pages of NPC, NPCs, 10 pages of monsters, and then 10 pages of maps and extras like tables and things. So Travis would still have some art in the story. And then he would do illustrations of 10 NPCs or so and then around 10 monsters. So you know uh we could have some more creatures in the future excellent well that is the end of the list boys and girls
0: uh we have talked about all kinds of uh different classic adventures and some newer ones uh we even there's and, and you could talk about this kind of stuff all the time because there are so many like we didn't get into like the different levels of like Uh, yawning portal and things like that where there are all kinds of crazy things you could get into Mm -hmm. uh but the reality is that all of these locations are just about giving you and i always say it uh giving you flavor of what the adventure is about but also at the same time uh as, as andrew was saying very early on giving you inspiration to be able to create your own and even if you have a location you decide you know what i could create a better one or a different one uh That is the whole point. You want to be able to take people through adventures that are not always the same, because that's one problem with adventures that have been written for the past 30 years, is that they either get rewritten or ignored, and you could rediscover them, or you could just say, you know what, I've played that one a hundred times, it's time to make a new one. It's never time to not ever play it again, but make a new one, because why not? that's that's uh that's the way the D &D is that's the way creativity is so uh blah 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 (laughs) blah uh any final words uh for uh future things coming up on the show or in the kickstarter uh delivery date is
1: december-ish for the for the latest book
0: but um
1: Um, yeah it's likely going to be earlier depends how fast travis can do the art i mean it's possible it could be October, November. Um, the other thing I should mention is that pre-orders are open. So for people who missed the Kickstarter, they can now go in and they can uh, come into the Kickstarter through the pre-order. And there's a lot of good deals on the pre-order page. And then uh, as far as these, you know, again, these memorable lo- locations, people forget too, that it has it also happens, it has to do with who's at the table at the time and what happens. So the right. dice... You know, the dice are going to make things memorable, how they end up rolling. And also, a lot of people who uh, write adventures or write for D&D seem to always, uh, you know, forget about the players. Everybody has their own imagination that they bring to the table True. and they bring to the adventure. So that's always part of it. It's not just the DM, you know, reading the description or leading you in. A big part of it, too, is the players have an experience a personal experience on their side, and they bring a lot to the table as well, literally to the table.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, that actually made me just think of uh, when you're playing in these adventures and you have those uh, people at the table, um, the DM can change anything. They could look at the page, they could see what's going on, but as you were saying, but those people bringing their talents to the table, you already know that, oh, well, they like to do that. They like to do that. They like to do that. All right. You know what? We don't need to have Creature X in this room. It's now going to be a fallaway floor or, you mm-hmm. know, a la like Goonies or something, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that, it, yeah, the, 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 and that makes a location completely different, totally memorable, and it may never, ever get written down because I've been in so many locations in D&D. I couldn't tell you where, it was just whatever the DM's imagination was at the time, and after the, you know, after the adventure's done, it just goes off, and you only have the people at the table that have it in their minds of, of what they experienced, and uh, anyway. Uh this game is cool. And by the way, this game is just a game, but also is, whoops, uh, is brought to you by uh, KWood Publishing at com, So, uh, Thank you, Andrew. And uh, we will see you next time uh, here on Two Wizards and a Mic. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to tell people about the show. Everything will be down below. And, uh, yeah. And also, this will be an audio version. Don't forget about that one. Um, we have lots of people on there who like to, you know, listen. So, uh, yeah. All right. Bye, everybody.
1: Later.